T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The this hour is brought to you by CarX Tire and Auto, online at carx.com. Matt Bowen. Two throws. This one aired out for Galloway. And with contact, it's picked off. Intercepted by Matt Bowen. NFL writer and analyst for ESPN. The ball came out. Right now they're calling fumble. Matt Bowen knocked it out. Seven-year NFL veteran. We always joked with you about where you were selected in the draft. Is it weird for you to see Tom Brady out there? We were watching Tom Brady. My youngest boy, Ronnie, said, well, why aren't you still playing? (laughs) I said, well... Uh, Defensive back coach for IC Catholic football. One of the greatest things and most rewarding things about being a high school coach is to see the impact it can have on your student athletes. Matt Bowen with Bernstein and Holmes on 670 The Score. Let Matt Bowen talk. Shut up. We're talking to a lot of Iowa guys today, huh? It's like it's all all Hawkeyes all the time. Dana Hughes joins us earlier, and now Matt Bowen, who's on Twitter at MattBowen41 and on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. All right, give you the choice, Matt. You want to start talking about the Super Bowl matchup and your initial thoughts or what you're seeing down there in Mobile? It's up to you guys. We can start on the Super Bowl. That's fine with me. Well, All wait, right. wait, wait. There's another thing that we got to ask him. It's in the okay, open. What's that? Oh, the Tom Brady thing. You're going to have to change that open. Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you think of Tom Brady retiring again? Uh, greatest quarterback I've ever seen, um, by far, and the greatest winner I've ever seen. You know, I had the honor of competing against Tom Brady in, in the National Football League, and obviously going back to college. We played Michigan. Uh, what was that, 19, 1998 game at Kinnick Stadium. So, had opportunities to compete against him, and, you know, he's an example I use a lot of time with the kids I coach and my own kids at home in terms of the, the competitive level you need to have in order to be great consistently. Not to be great for one quarter, not to be great for one season. Be great consistently, and that's what he did. And also the durability. You know, Tom Brady had one knee injury earlier in his career, but how many times he consistently answered the bell? That's a, that's a huge thing in the game of football, to be able to answer the bell consistently when you are a little bit banged up, when you don't feel great, when you're not 100%, because there's no way Tom Brady was 100% playing football into his 40s in the National Football League. So everything he has done is a model in terms of what you want if you are chasing greatness, and that's what Tom Brady is. All right, thank you for giving us your thoughts on that, and now we can start. Let's start with the, with the Super Bowl, and let's, okay. let's talk about this matchup. What did you think of the performance that we saw from Patrick Mahomes in, in the AFC Championship game? I thought it was outstanding because and we, we 
talked about this last week leading up to the AFC title game uh, in terms of his mobility and limited mobility. I think everyone saw that. But just how good Patrick Mahomes is when he has to throw from the pocket, right? Now, he did make a couple plays when he climbed the pocket, threw the ball to the end zone. That pass to Valdez Scantling in the end zone was outstanding for the touchdown. But his ability to operate, throw with risen, play within the pocket, and still make a couple second reaction plays, I thought it was one of his best games. I really did. When you look at the level of competition they're going against and how Cincinnati has played defensively, what Cincinnati did to the game at times to take away Travis Kelsey with brackets or dedicated doubles. They did that to him. And finding other receivers within the route scheme, I thought it was one of his best performances. Given the injury he was dealing with, you because you could tell he's not even close to 100%. There's no way he's close to 100% in that football game. But he goes out and throws for over 300 yards in an AFC title game. What X and O matchup will end up deciding this Super Bowl? That's a great question, Dan, because I don't I, – you can call it X's and O's, but I really don't think it is. What Philadelphia does I, – I use the term five-man surface. They play a defensive front with five defenders on the front. And there's, there's a bunch of terms you can get into, but that's the best way to describe it. They have five guys in the defensive front, and that allows them to rush five. And what that does from a schematic perspective, it allows you to define the one-on-ones you want whether it's Sweat or Reddick on the edges. And that's, that's the matchup I want to see. Because this Philadelphia defensive front, you saw it in the, in the title game. They, they took two quarterbacks out of the football game. Two quarterbacks out of the football game with their defensive front. They have depth in the defensive front. And when they get to that five-man surface, you are getting the one-on-ones you want. And you have to block Reddick on the edge. That might have been. And look, Philadelphia in general might have had the two best offseason moves of last season. They signed Hassan Reddick who teams have played before as an off-the-ball linebacker. And he still plays that at times for Philly, but he is their rush in. And they made the trade for A.J. Brown. Look at the return in terms of the production with A.J. Brown, Hassan Reddick's over 17 sacks, and what that has done is impact their defensive front and it totally changed their pass game element in that offense with Jalen Hurts. Two fantastic moves. And, I mean, Howie Roseman, what that team has done just in, in a short period of time to build that roster around Jalen Hurts. And that's something we'll get into later this offseason with, with Justin Fields and the Bears. But that is how you build a football team. What did you think of the deployment of Chris Jones last week? Because I really loved how they moved right. him around. That's excellent coaching from Spags and what he does. And, you know, and Steve Spagnuolo in Kansas City has been coaching football for a long time. And that's kind of goes to what we were just talking about, Lawrence, is get the one-on-ones you want, right? Whether it's at a three technique, whether you can slide him inside as a one technique, or you put him on the edge like we saw in that matchup there. You are, you are finding the matchups you want to expose. And that's great coaching. And that goes beyond X's and O's. Yeah, there's, there's a schematic perspective to it, but moving him. But it's really just what matchup do we want to attack and what matchup do we want to expose based on down and distance, in-game situation. And Chris Jones, he's going to have to play at a high level because, as we've talked about all postseason, find me a better offensive line right now in the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about the last four or five years in the NFL. That offensive line makes that team go. You saw in the run game last week, they get protection to Jalen Hurts. They are powerful athletic movers that can get to the edge. And that's one of the matchups to watch. Where does Chris Jones align in passing situations? Who is jumping out at you raising your eyebrows with their Senior Bowl performances? Well, I'll start with this, Dan. I love the Senior Bowl for a couple of reasons. Oh, I One, know. 
We'll, we'll talk about the combine later this month. And, and look, when you watch the combine, you watch the 40s and you turn the TV off. Let's just be honest. That's what everyone's watching is the 40, what the time is. Down there, there's no testing. You put on your headgear, you put on your shoulder pads, and you play football. It's a full practice now. I mean, you have individual, you got special teams, seven on seven, inside run, team, and one on ones. I love it because that's, you get two practices a day, you get great barbecue, great seafood. And me, you know, I just drink butt heavies and quarter banquets at night. So that's what I do. But, but during the day, it is outstanding football. And the first player, and of course, you know, I'll be honest, my eyes immediately go to the defensive secondary the first time I get there. Sidney Brown from Illinois. Sidney Brown from Illinois reminds me of former Bears safety Mike Brown. That's how he plays. He is an absolute tone set. Five foot ten, 213 pounds. And he talked to people down there. And his dedication in terms of his nutrition, the weight room, his note-taking, what he does to prepare his body and prepare his mind to play football is outstanding. And that's someone you want on your football team. One, because he's going to make an immediate impact on the special teams. We know how many teams now play three safeties in their sub-packages. You watch the tape. I went back and watched the tape uh, last night coming home on the plane, and he's around the football for a reason. And I've told you guys, that doesn't happen by accident. So he's very instinctual. He was excellent in one-on-ones. Look, the senior bowl is tough for safeties. It is very tough. All these all-star games are because one-on-ones, you're not going against – they make you match up against wide receivers. And these are some of the best seniors in the country. These are guys that are going to get drafted. I thought he was excellent at one-on-ones. It's one thing to cover. It's another thing to have an understanding what coverage means. What Sidney Brown did is he would press, he would play off, but he had a great feel for where routes break. And every route outside of a three-step passing game breaks between 12 and 15 yards. He was on top of it. He can match speed down the field. I thought he was excellent. Um, a tackle to watch, Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. Now listen to these measurements. Six foot eight, 375 pounds. His wingspan is 89.5 inches. <laughs> That's a record for the senior bowl. Jeez. That's a record. Yeah, Eric Edel was saying the same thing. He said he's just it's so enormous. And even on a football field. Even to other yeah. football people, they say, oh, my God, is that guy enormous. Yes. And, and look, when, when you have that size of a frame, you're going to have limited foot quickness, right? But when you have that length and that frame, that overcomes that limited foot quickness because you can build a wall on the edge. If you take the proper angle, you're going you're gonna to limit edge rushers because they cannot, simply cannot get around you, okay? And it's not really technique. It's the frame at the point of attack. Keon White, the defensive end from Georgia Tech, I think was the best player down there. And that's the one for Bears fans to watch. Uh, because I do think he's a defensive end. And the way he, he came off the football, and that's the first thing that jumps out. When you watch an inside run team, and especially one-on-ones, who can get off the football, both sides of the ball, and have some counters at the point of attack. I thought Keon White, uh, I mean, he really, really helped himself this week. Uh, wide receiver Jaden Reed, who played, at Naperville Central for Michigan State, dominated one-on-ones. And when you're watching one-on-ones, you, you look for a couple things. Now, everyone wants to see the deep ball throws, and that's great. Uh, can you separate vertically? Uh, Jaden Reed can separate vertically. But you really want to watch underneath and at the second level. How do they set up defensive backs in coverage? What is their lower body agility like? Can they change directions? Are they sudden coming out of their breaks? Can they win running in break is where – as we've talked about all season, that's where the NFL game is going, thrown between the numbers. He really jumped out to me because not just the wins he had, but how he won, how he won. 
I'm obviously going to mention Riley Moss from Iowa because Riley Moss from Iowa went down there as a technician in coverage, played for Phil Parker in Iowa City, is going to be excellent on special teams, on kickoff coverage, playing on punt and punt return, impacting your core special teams unit. I think that's someone that can develop, especially in a zone defense. So again, you're talking about Chicago, someone in the middle rounds. You want someone, Dan and Lawrence, who have zone vision. Okay, so what does that mean? That means that they get a jump on the ball. They can get to their drop or get to their depth, read through to the backfield, and find out what the intentions are of the quarterback, where his eyes, where are his shoulders, and that gives you a jump to make plays in the football and the tackle. And if you play football in Iowa City for Phil Parker, you have to tackle. You're not going to be on the field. Those are just some of the guys that really jumped out to me. Um, and this is the thing about the Senior Bowl this year. And you ask anyone down there, there's not a ton of first-round talent at the Senior Bowl this year. The quarterback talent was not upper level at the Senior Bowl. You didn't have a Josh Allen down there this year. But this is where you build your football team. This is why the Senior Bowl matters. This is why the East-West game. That's why they matter. This is where you find guys really on day two and day three that are going to give you roster depth. They're going to improve your special teams. They're going to be key backups. They're going to play because the season's so long now. These are some of the players that will play seven, eight years in the National Football League. Matt, we know that you cover the entire NFL. And when you come on and you talk to us about the Bears, you're doing extensive tape breakdowns. But you always say, hey, I'm not up there. I'm not at Hallis Hall. But this week, you were in proximity to Luke Getze. So you got an opportunity mm-hmm. to kind of see how he operates. What did you learn? Well, I think he – and this, that's a great question, Lawrence, because I think this is a challenge. I always try to put myself in a coach's position, right, and, and with Coach Getze, because you don't have your full staff down there, right? This isn't the full Chicago Bears staff. So he is managing not only personnel but other coaches, right, in terms of how he wants his – practice structure, when they're going to have individual, how they're going to do special teams, what drills they're going to do during special teams, how he's going to install an offense in a day and a half, right? You know, the first thing about the senior ball is can you get out of the huddle? Because you have to think about this. you got players from all over the country, and especially uh, quarterbacks who have played in spread systems. Now they're under center. Now they're running play-action boot. They're doing different things. Three- and five-step drops are under center. Route three is different. I thought he did an excellent job. I thought the practices had tempo. I thought they were fast. I thought they were physical when they needed to be. And I thought there was an understanding that we're not going to put our teammates at risk. I mentioned Sidney Brown. There's a couple of times when Sidney Brown could have laid some guys out. There's no question about it in terms of his top-down speed. But either Coach Getze or the position coach getting this information from Coach Getze is that we're not going to, we're not going to do that in our practices. I thought that was smart. You want these these guys to compete. You want them to play fast because there's every NFL personnel down there. You also have to understand that after this, they go back to training for the combine, what we just talked about, if you're a defensive back or wide receiver, how important that 40 time is. You don't want to come out of here with injuries. And I didn't see that at all in terms of putting players at risk. I thought that was very important. And what do you look for in the game, if anything? Because so many people have said the practices matter so much more than the they game. They do. The practices matter, Dan, because you get one-on-one situations, right? And here's another thing. You can control two-minute. They do two-minute drill. You can control reds. You might not get those situations in the football game, right? I think what you're trying to look for is, because it is basic, you cannot blitz on defense. You can play cover one, cover three, cover two. That's it. So it is an advantage, I think, for the offense. So if I'm looking at it, you want to see alignment and assignment. 
you want to be able to talk to Coach Getzey and say, this is, what did you run? How do you run it? And then take that back and look at the tape and say, did this prospect get to the proper route there? Right? Did this defensive back get to the top of numbers where he's supposed to be in cover two? Did he tackle? Does he have good technique? What are some things I can correct? But I still think, like you said, Dan, the practices have more value because they're controlled game situations, and you have the one-on-one aspect to it as well. And they're going every day. So you can see also his conditioning levels. I'll tell you what, the first day of practice was Tuesday. It, you know, it was getting up towards 80 degrees down in Mobile. It was hot. So their conditioning level was being tested as well. That's what I always liked looking at at the NBA pre-draft camp down at Moody Bible when they used to hold it there, and I used to cover it and scout it, was the last day, the last practices. Who was still going hard either because of physical toughness or mental toughness? Everybody looks good on the first day. Everybody looks good when they're fresh. But it's when you really could see how guys were put together and how guys responded when they were tired or hurting a little bit that showed me a lot. I always, I always weighted the last practices higher than the first practices. I would agree with that. And I'd also agree with how someone responds when they get beat. Because, look, if you're a DB and one-on-ones, wide receiver versus defensive back is an offensive drill. I think everyone understands that. And how do you respond when you get beat? Because you're going to get beat on that. I mean, you're going to get beat. You're not – you're playing the, the best, like I said, the best seniors in the country. How do you respond when you get beat? And that's another thing. When you get coached by a different voice that you don't really know, you don't have a great relationship with, but how do you respond when you get coached? Maybe you had a different technique for cover two or cover three at your, at your college program, but if an NFL coach is telling you to do it this way, you better do it that way. And that shows coachability. That shows that you're willing to listen, willing to be coached, and willing to improve. What's the NFL equivalent of the basketball rule that coaches have always told me, always practice free throws when you're tired? Always. Always mm. get, get the muscle memory of some of the most important shots you're going to take when you're gassed. Is there a football equivalent to that? Um. <clears throat> I would think this is what I always teach, and this is what I always been, have been taught, Dan, is alignment and assignment when you're tired. When you are gassed and you have to think fast, you have to get in your stance, you have to adjust your stance, right? I'm sure from basketball, someone in the fourth quarter might shoot free throws much differently than they do in the first quarter because that's when you're tested. That's when you are mentally and physically tested. Can you still play at a high level? Can you still play fast? And what do you have to do to adjust that? So I have to widen my stance. So I have to sink my hips much sooner in my back pedal. So I have to gain more depth. So I have to start at more depth. If I play, if I play at 12, so I have to get to 14 because I just don't have the energy left. But you have to find a way in those situations to still play at a high level, and especially down at the senior bowl because every rep is an interview, in my opinion. Every rep is an interview. It's not just the first rep on Tuesday. It's the last rep on Thursday in red zone practice, and then go into the game. So everything down there is an interview. And when you're tired, it's simply not an excuse. I know that this was a story that kind of got buried because of the the Tom Brady stuff, but Sean Payton going to Denver, how do you think he can go about trying to fix whatever issues Russell Wilson had with the offense? I'm I'm fascinated to see how it works because – what you want with Russell Wilson, and, and this is a great question about Russell Wilson, because Russell Wilson didn't show that high-end movement ability last year, right? That's been, you know, one of the key things to his game over his career, career is to create outside of structure, to make those highlight plays. 
You didn't see him move at that level. So if he's not going to move at that level, that's where he's at at this stage of his career. Can you coach him to be a consistent rhythm and timing passer within structure of an offense? Because Sean Payton's offense is very structured. You can go back and watch tape, just watch highlights of Drew Brees in terms of throwing the ball on time and throwing the ball with location because he will scheme it up for you. He will put you in a position. And that's why I'm fascinated to see if Russell Wilson could adapt to that offense and really adapt his game at this stage of his career. Because if he can, and he can play within that offense, what they have the wide receiver position in terms of second and third level targets, he will be productive player. Lastly, how do you make the call between Bud Heavies and Coors Banquet, depending on, <laughs> depending on your mood? Because, I mean, I, I also know that there, there might be Bush Heavies if you're outdoors deep-frying stuff. So yes, I just, it is. How, how do you, how well, do you well, choose? Me, I usually start with Bud Heavies. Okay, so like Coors Banquet is like, you know, premium beer to me. So that would be like a step up. So I'll start with a couple Bud Heavies at dinner, and then afterwards I might have a couple – Coors Banquets. That's, that's kind of, you know, Dan, I'll tell you real quick. I have a simple rule with beer. I only drink beer that you can buy in 30 packs. So that, I'll leave you with that. I, I love that Matt Bowen is Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai. I'm, I'm trying to think. There, there, would, there would be some Strohs in there. You know, you're opening up a world of possibilities. If it doesn't come in a 30-pack, it is out. I like it. Matt, macro Brew King, Matt Bowen. Thank you. <laughs> Matt, you're the best, man. All right, guys. We'll see you later. Thank you. That's, that's literally the beer that Johnny Lawrence drinks on Cobra Kai. He drinks... Coors Banquet. Like, it's the throughout the entire five-year run. That's what he's drinking. Well, that was – I think there's kind of an inside joke there, too, because Coors Banquet was not available in 84 in the East. Oh. It was only it was only west of the Mississippi. And and that's why, like, the stuff in Smokey and the Bandit, that's a that's Coors. That's, that's the MacGuffin of Smokey and the Bandit was was getting cores to the race and i remember when we used to go to visit family in omaha omaha it was it was a big deal cuz you'd see it there that was it was it, you you couldn't get it everywhere everything was regionalized it was those were fun times you know when you would actually go up to the northwoods of wisconsin and there was leinenkugel because that's where it was or there was point beer around stevens point and when the, the regionalization of that and you had local delicacies Last night I was uh, working. I did an interview for House of L. They'll be out later this weekend, and I flip on the TV and the original Karate Kid is on. Mm-hmm. Ralph Macchio looked so like now now like looking back at it, like not from the eyes of a ten year old. Elizabeth Shue looked way older than him, mm-hmm. and I think she's maybe a couple of years older than no, him. She looked, but she yeah, looked yes. way older than than him. I think like she's sixty and he's fifty eight. I think that's right. But he looked so young in that movie, and she looked like a grown woman. And he, but yeah, and she was a grown woman. And he was twenty six. I'm trying to think how old he was when the movie was. But but he easily easily. I don't think it. he was twenty six. I think he uh, was maybe twenty one or okay. twenty two. But. She looked like she looked like an adult. He looked like a child in that movie. And you know, if you are an Elizabeth Shue fan, who isn't? Season season one and two of the boys on Amazon Prime. Okay, you'll get you'll get what you need. Really? Mm-hmm. Cool. 
Just another, like, it's such a great show. That's just another reason to watch it. When we come back, let's talk about what Eric Edholm told us yesterday regarding these college all-star weekends, whether it's the Senior Bowl, East-West Shrine Game, and what's what's going on with the platform it's creating for coaches. What's cool, what's not, what it, what it could be. And he told us something yesterday that plays with what we've been talking about, but it was weird to hear it so blatantly mentioned. We got a lot to share with you when it comes to this. Stick around. You listen to the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein at Homes. Middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Game has come to dual threat quarterbacks. And dual threat in college, dual threat is a runner who can throw. In the pro, if you're going to be a true dual threat quarterback, you need to be a sophisticated passer who can run. We know that Justin and I, or all of us like us, we already know how to run. We don't need to be coached. But we do coaching sophisticated passing. We need to have a, a, a gurus that understand dual threat quarterback talent and then teach them how to throw the football. Steve Young. It still feels good yeah, to hear Justin him. and others and like us. Like, that's pretty great. Yep. When you can see himself in what Justin Fields is doing, that's very, very cool. That was Steve Young on Monday Night Football, courtesy of ESPN. We've been talking to our friends who are down at the Senior Bowl all week, and we'll talk with another one coming up at 1 o'clock, Kevin Fishbane, and we'll get his thoughts on you know, Luke Getze being in charge of a team. But when we talked with Eric Edholm yesterday, we had actually asked him about dual threat quarterbacks being at the Senior Bowl and what he told us about the evolution of the position, at least as it pertains to this year's Senior Bowl, was fascinating. I was talking to Jim Nagy, who's the executive director of the, of the Senior Bowl, and you know, he was kind of telling me, I was asking about the quarterback process, because this year's a bunch of mostly day three picks and some undrafted guys. It's not a banner group. It's going to be the first year in several where they didn't have a like a top 100 pick at quarterback down here. But I was kind of asking about the process, and a couple times he made clear that like 
there's almost a preference put towards the, the dual threat quarterback now. You know, they didn't invite a certain quarterback who, who will remain nameless because I was told not to, to say, but um, and he's a good, accomplished quarterback. I'm sure you guys know who it is and have watched him. They didn't invite him because he's kind of stiff and doesn't, you know, move around very well. Can he throw the ball? Yeah. It, you know, are there other issues? Sure. But, uh, yeah, so I definitely think it's had a ripple effect on not only the, the Senior Bowl and the other All-Star games, but just kind of the team-building and draft process to begin with, too. And I think it's, like you said, it's no longer considered a a, a stigma. It's not considered something that's, that's held against the guy. <laughs> People are finally – you know, taking advantage of this stuff. And they realize all the different combinations you could do with it. And it's just the threat of a running quarterback can change how things are played. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's it's been a, a massive difference from even, you know, 10 years ago. That's wild. So here's the, I want to know what the mechanism is by which those decisions get made and it gets put out there. Here's who we want. Here's who we want to invite. Jim Nagy is the guy in charge. And – he works essentially at the behest of the NFL teams because that's why the senior bowl exists. So who, how does the NFL decide, you know, let's get more mobile quarterbacks and mobile. How do they decide that? And do they, they call Jim Nagy and say, Hey, listen, when you're extending invitations, this guy, but not this guy, this guy. I just, I would love to know the behind the scenes workings of, of how that all gets chopped up. Yeah, me too. Um, by the way, just before we go on with this subject from down there in Mobile, the if you're looking for a really good in depth piece to read about Chase Brown and Sydney Brown, because you heard Matt Bowen mm-hmm. talking about Sydney Brown, Shakia Taylor wrote. She went to Champagne. And and sat with them. It's an excellent piece. So if you're like, man, I like hearing what Matt Bowen said about Sidney Brown. I'd like to know more. Read Shake's piece in in the Tribune. It's it's excellent. It's really really excellent. We're also check out her piece today on the Sky because she's asking a lot of the questions that all of us are like, like what the hell is going on over there? What quarterback was he talking about? I don't know, but he said we would know who it is. Right? It's making me crazy. I have an idea. I have an idea. A quarterback who who doesn't move well. That isn't necessarily like a move quarterback. Can throw the ball, but then he said there's some other things. Is there any off-field stuff? I don't know. I should text. I'll, I'll text E at some point and ask him. Or he's listening and he can just text us. But, yeah, I, I, am, I was amazed by that. The other part of being down at the Senior Bowl that's interesting is watching what we don't ordinarily see. When we talk about football, Dan, we're always talking about team, team, team. And it's hard for individuals, especially in the coaching ranks, to get opportunities. I really like that so far that the this game is going to allow coaches to mix and match. And you're getting coaches who aren't head coaches getting an opportunity to be a head coach. And the Bears offensive coordinator... Luke Getze is one of those coaches. Here's what E told us about that. For years, you know, for however long the Senior Bowl's been around, 73 or four years or whatever, they've always had the full staff. You know, they, they take the Bears staff or they take the Cardinals staff or whatever, bring them down here and they coach as a unit. They thought, you know, the co- cohesion of a group. And it was always a, you know, they would start from the bottom of the standings and any coaching staff that wasn't fired or, you know, didn't have a head coach or major changes – 
was eligible for the game and they would just go up the ladder, you know, towards the higher ranked teams and ask, do you want to go? Do you want to go? You know, but this year they gave that honor to, or that, that benefit, I guess, to the, to the East West shrine game. And it's clear that there's now a, you know, an arms race between the two games, you know, the East West is trying to get their prospects and, you know, senior bowls kind of holding on for tradition and they want to be the, the premier game and everything. And so as I understand it, they're going to flip back next year. So the East West will have the, kind of the Frankenstein crew and these are young up and coming coaches who are trying to get their names out there. Many of them minorities, many of them in their, you know, maybe have had college routes they've come from or, you know, trying to get some exposure. Um, And then the senior bowl will get the staffs next year. I don't, you know, nobody's confirmed that for me, but that was the, the way it was kind of described to me originally. What do you think about this? That this is now a showcase opportunity outside of the work that you do with your particular side of the ball or you being a quarterback guru, now you get an opportunity for people people to get an early look at you as head coach. And I imagine, like, if Luke Getze is on list next year to be interviewed again, a lot of those NFL people actually have tangible stuff now. They don't have to guess necessarily of what he might be like. What were his practices like? My first thought is it would be nicer if it were more consistent with the efforts that the NFL says it wants to make creating inroads for minority head coaches. Well, well, there is some of that because Patrick Graham is is the opposing head coach. Yeah, there's 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 some of it, but I I just that is a really perfect opportunity to make good on elevating the profile of guys who need more help than Luke Getze does. Nothing against Getze himself. And I, I just think it's based on what they say about what they want to do. And now with all of the hiring incentives that have been put in there for teams to, to, to get draft picks awarded as, as people are developed and promoted. I, I just think it could, it could be more of a, an actively managed springboard. Do you think if the Chiefs weren't playing in the Super Bowl, that Eric Bieniemy would would want that, or is that like a? He might be too old for it, you know, too established and too well known. But I'd love to see him as a head coach. Or like we were talking earlier, Sean Desai. Like, is there an opportunity there? Sounds like Sean Payton might be hiring him. I guess they've had to put in a formal request to interview Sean Desai. And that's kind of interesting because I because he's assistant head coach in Seattle, right? Isn't right. that and his he's title? He's also a Fangio disciple. So and- if if you're an assistant head coach, how does that work with you being allowed to interview I, for a DC job? Because it does that constitute a, a lower move or a lateral move? I don't know. I don't Cuz the, the, the NFL's been real slick with here's how I can have a really smart person on my staff and get them more money and also by giving them a title and control their ability to interview. Right. Yeah. Because you, you don't, at least the way that I remember it, the NFL does not, NFL teams do not have to give permission for lateral or downward moves. But if it's, if it's a, a move where you're being promoted, they have to say yes. And the, in answer to the question, who was the quarterback? Some are speculating it's Stetson Bennett. He declined going. That's to what the I thought, bowl. and I know he did have the off-field incident. He's also got more mobile. I, yeah, I didn't think he was immobile. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I would call him a pocket quarterback. 
I just think he's small and not very good. And not very good, right. For, but, for, for the NFL. I just realized we're both wearing college blue yeah. hoodies today. Yeah, yeah. Man. Well, mine's black. I mean, I've got Is blue it? in here. Yeah. Well, it's faded black then. It's kind of like a charcoal. I want it faded black. My, um, <laughs> yeah, faded faded black. Mine is even mine. Wait, this you is, stole your no, son's hoodie? It's, no, it's 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 everybody's kind. Here's here's what happened. The the like five minutes after he got his acceptance, okay, he immediately got his phone. He's like, I gotta buy swag. So he goes to the to the official store in Lewisburg and on their website, and everything was sending. It, it was like delayed shipping, and he wanted to get it before we left for Mexico and the whole thing. So he goes to Amazon, and he grabs this, and it was the wrong size. It arrives the next day, and it's the wrong size. He's all disappointed. It's not even that nice a hoodie. So it's a pretty nice hoodie. It's all right, but it doesn't. The other, their real stuff, like their the, the their school stuff, is awesome. The logo's great. Their graphic design is great. The colors are great because they're it's it's Bears colors, it's Score colors, it's you know the the, the blue and orange, and so this arrives, and when I send it back, it's the wrong size. And and then Beth says, no, it might fit me. So she wears it around, and it was sitting on well, the- Well, everything fits. She's tiny. I, I know. So she's like, I'll wear it. And then this morning, I was getting dressed in the dark, and I didn't know what I was putting on, and I just grabbed for something, and I put it on, and it fit well enough. And as I'm walking out of the house, she says, you're wearing my sweatshirt. And I said, well, it's having your sweatshirt. It was his sweatshirt. And I, I said, well, this shouldn't fit me. And I said, it doesn't. Is it too ill-fitting for me to wear to work? And she said, first of all, I don't even know how to define that. Yeah. And then, and then she said, second of all, no, it actually looks fine. So I guess it's 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 a family shared hoodie as needed. So okay. I, I, I grabbed it. But they but their other stuff, they, they've got a lot of really cool stuff. Huh. Okay. Yeah, like nice tackle twill, old school. The the way they do the 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 two-color B is good. They they put a lot of a lot of thought into a lot of their stuff. People are, are just now. It's like it's it's Max Duggan. He's there. No, he's there. He's in Mobile. You'll see him play in the game, probably poorly. Probably Sam Hartman or Aiden. O- Sam Hartman's still in college. Yeah, is Tommy DeVito there? The Illinois. He's kid? at the Shrine, and that's who I was thinking it was. Okay, he's going to be in the Shrine Bowl. I don't. But is Tommy even a senior? Yes. Okay. All right. So yesterday was also the day before whatever signing day a couple days ago. And yesterday the Tribune published a full page of agate type of all of the area schools and area players. And I went through all of the names just because this is the kind of thing that I do. And I just wanted to share an observation because this is something I've been tracking. Okay, I'm down with that. Okay. And and isn't one of the names that one of the big names on signing day doesn't have a a Bernstein connection? Kind of, kind of, maybe it's a, it's 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 the kid's brother. There's a local fa- athletic family, and I didn't know there was a third brother. I saw the name and like they spelled his name wrong, and like no, that's the third. other one. That's the other one who plays football. He's gonna be a linebacker at Arizona State. I love that. I love because how could if you've ever been to that campus and you walk on that campus. How do they not get you? Right. How do you go? go, Especially if you're from the Midwest. Like, if if you get out there, like, right now, like, I think it's 74 degrees today out there. And you get out there and you're like, yeah, I'm not leaving. It's like the stadium (laughs) is carved into a mountain like the the lair of a Bond villain. And you see it as you're flying in. And then the golf course, the actual campus golf course is right there. 
And then there's the other stuff. And there's supermodels walking around right. everywhere. Yes. I don't know how they how you don't sign there. Good for him. All right. I've, a quick meaningless observation next. <laughs> Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. DeAndre Ayton! DeAndre Jordan! Oh, there's a lot of DeAndres. There are a lot of names that end in in, in Quan of some kind. There's De- Daquan, Raquan, Saquon. There's a lot of Roquan. that. Roquan. Roquan. But there, in, if you watch a, a lot of sports, you know we live in the era of Jalen. Correct. Everybody's named Jalen. Everybody. In every sport. But particularly basketball and uh, football. I think football, there's 26 Jalens on NFL rosters this year. I, I, or maybe maybe more than that. And the NBA, there's uh, depending on who's up and down from the G League, we were looking at like 17, 18 Jalens. Who's the player that Herm Edwards told us to take for the Bears? Jalen Carter. Yeah. Yep. That there are There is another crop of Jalens coming out of college. And it is just an immensely popular name. And it does all trace back to Jalen Rose. He's the Ur-Jalen, the first Jalen. He's he's uh, patient zero. Patient zero. He And his name, I believe, was a, was a family portmanteau of, like, Jack and Leonard or something like that. It was, it was just names put together. And it sounds great. And I'm into name... Stuff like this, I love this. I love the charts of names in history and what's popular and why. They're what popular. names like come back? Yeah, sure. And when the old, what, what used to be an old lady name is now a popular name, and why? And we are still moving out of there. Were, there were a couple forces at work here. On one side, you have the Jalen, and then for because of Aiden on Sex in the City. Oh, you you had a long time Aiden, Jaden, Braden, Caden uh, for for the whites. And <laughs> all sex, all, all based on on the sex in the city trends. They got lasers and tasers and all sorts of tasers. Yeah, and that and that, but those were those were those trends coincided. That the Jalen trend coincided with Aiden Braden Jaden Caden trend. And I think my own son Jason is a name that also fits that, even though it's been sort of a classic it's name a biblical over name, generations. Isn't it? Well, it's Jason of the Argonauts. I don't think it's actually in a Bible, is it? I believe it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. But for a while, the parents wanted boys' names that had an A sound or a, a long vowel sound and that ended in N, where girls' names were all Ava, Maya, Anya, lots of, of vowel, constant vowel ending in an A sound. So when I saw that page yesterday of all— Yes, biblical name. It is. Jason, Jason, Jason is of, of Thessalonica. All right. I probably should have known that. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. So when I, I saw all this 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 particular class of 2023 of high school kids and where they're going to be going to college on signing day, and there's hundreds of names. So just as a data point, I went through all of them. You're such a weird dude. It fascinated me. I know. I I I, I recognize you're weird because it's my type of weird. It's just for different things. It's exactly you know how I end up going down a wormhole of Kirby Smart's defensive sets. Sure. It's the but same thing. Here's the thing: there's only three Jalen in that list of all you know, Notre Dame, all the Big Ten schools, and then all of the area kids and where they're going. Only three Jalen's. So, what that leads me to believe is 
we might, if we're not at the end of the of the Jalen bulge of names in sports, we're going to get another coming into the pros because they're still in college. College is filled with them. But I think this next, the next few years, I think that's going to move through the Python. I think the 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 spike of Jalen's that we've, we're we're seeing some evidence. It's sort of like if we're looking at the inflation numbers yeah, and trying yeah. to track how the Fed is doing things, and that there's a delay, and you know that it's, there's going to be there, there's lagging indications that this is this is one of the we start looking at the next high school class. There's a lot of people that look at the the hockey juniors draft for the generations of, of annoying hockey names. Where you you can really tell how how how, cra- how many Aidens there how are crazy and stupid white people are getting just look at look at the fourteen year olds getting drafted into hockey but that would be my observation is that we're, we're I think we're seeing the the signposts of the end of the Jalen wave maybe we're starting to see the rise of the Quans though you know if you go back from Raekwon from from Wu Tang Clan and now you start seeing the different variations like you were saying where. Here, here's a Raekwon, but it's Q-U-A-N. And because of the popu- popularity of Rich Homie Quan, you've got all sorts of different variations you can play with with Quan. I'm told that we have a, a very important mystery guest joining us on our celebrity hotline. Okay. Hel- hello, mystery guest. Hey, L, I knew he was tied in and I knew he was tapped in, but I did not know he had the insider trading information on black moms who was going to stop naming their kids Jalen here soon. Jay, he has been he has been researching this. I'm obsessed with it. He really like you. you he, this is what he does. Like this is this. He, he has been tracking this. And you notice that he's also been tracking the whites like he is out here tracking the naming Yo. rights of the whites. I'm top. I'm on top of the Aidens as well as I am the Jalen's. Don't you worry. No, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm not saying it's a, it's a targeted uh, situation. I'm just, I, I listen. Whenever I get in my car and I, and I turn on, it's either Danny or Dan saying some absurdness. <laughs> <laughs> what? The, the Jalen's are working their way through the Python? I, I think so. Start. No, there are actual graphs of naming trends. You can do it with, with do it with my generation. Seriously, you can't. You can, they call it a witch's hat pattern. Is there's an actual name for the data pattern of a naming trend? And we saw it with with like my age when when I my entire high school class every every girl is Stephanie, Jennifer, or some variation of Melissa, Alyssa. Illissa or Lissa. That was everybody. Just just like all my mom's friends are Janice, Janet, Linda, Barbara, Roberta. It's 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 this is all graft. I'm telling you. Shout out to the shout out to the barbers out there. Like I've never been done wrong by a barber. Feel me on so that's 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 a the old names are going away. You know, the Marges, the, the my mom's name is Beverly. Like I I don't know any young Beverly's right now. So I right. feel you on that. No, you're right. My my mom's name is Rosemary. You're not meeting any Rosemaries anymore. You might meet an occasional Rose because of Titanic. You ain't never going to meet a Rosemary like Rosemary Holmes. That's true. Because you will get punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to get back in there, man. I just, I just had to... 
Man, I'm laughing driving down the street. I just got a car wash, and I hear that Jalen's about to be extinct because of Dan Bernstein. I'm, That's all I heard. Be, it's not causal. It's just an observation. <laughs> all right. Get out of your boy, day. Boy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jason Goff of NBC Sports Chicago, who does an incredible job of uh, restraining himself sometimes while wa- <laughs> watching Bulls basketball. Mm-hmm. I love that Jay's gotten to the point now where he's just like, Kendall? And that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all he has to do. Young man. Kendall, go right ahead. And then Kendall's like, man, let me tell you why I'm mad, son. And I also like it when, when they both know that it's time for a Will Purdue dissertation. Right. And they just lay out. Right. Because it's one thing for them to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Will does some standalone stuff where it's just like you turn, you turn it over to Professor Purdue and, he's, and he will present I was I was out yesterday and watched the first half and then was heading home to watch the second half and I got Will on the radio call him and, him and Chuck yesterday and it was absolutely delightful delightful to hear those two do the game together it's great and we love and we love Jay he's welcome on this show whenever he wants to call either one of us out he is right though you're kind of crazy I, but I'm just, I'm just- these things are real. These trends are real, and I'm just looking for some sort of leading indicator rather than a lagging one. Kevin Fishbane's going to join us next. He's also at the Senior Bowl. He's, his middle name is also Jalen. <laughs> Doubt it. <laughs> Keep it here. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.